Welcome to Eye on the Triangle with Sesha Hindi, a weekly glimpse into our community, bringing you news from the brickyard to your backyard. Healthcare moves to the recovery room while Hillsborough Street is still on the operating table. I'm John Boyer. These stories and more on the March 22nd edition of Eye on the Triangle on... Live from an undisclosed bunker beneath the mountains of West Virginia, I'm Evan Garris for WKNC News. It's 7.04 p.m. and 52 degrees in Raleigh. The United States House of Representatives, Re- Representatives voted to reform the health care system last night by a vo- vote of 219 to 212, passing the version of the bill approved by the Senate in what's known as the reconciliation process. The votes fell mostly along party lines with no Republican votes for the bill. 34 Democrats voted against the bill, including North Carolina Representatives Heath Schuler, Larry Kissel, and Mike McIntyre. The three congressmen who represent the Triangle, Etheridge, Price, and Miller, all voted for the bill. The New York Times confirms that President Obama is set to sign the bill on Tuesday, although Republicans have vowed to repeal the legislation after the upcoming midterm elections. Notably, the bill extends coverage to tens of millions of uninsured Americans and prevents insurance companies from denying coverage based on pre-existing conditions. We are upholding our commitment to campus news by giving you a heads up on some of the Hillsborough Street construction work as reported by the blog of the Hillsborough Street Project website. Work is nearly complete on the south side of the street, which will reopen sometime in the next two weeks, at which point utility work on the north side will begin. Progress Energy is working on removing decommissioned overhead lines and utility poles. Sidewalks on the university side of the street will be complete by the end of the month, and some on-street parking will become available. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton addressed the annual policy conference of the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee today and said that Israel must make, quote, difficult choices in the near future. Secretary Clinton described the United States' relationship with Israel as, quote, rock solid, but noted that the Israeli government refusal to halt settlement growth blocks any chance of reaching a peace agreement with the Palestinian government. Palestinian leaders will not agree to discuss the possibility of peace until Israel agrees to halt the growth of its settlements, which are considered illegal under international law. Al Jazeera reports that Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is is also scheduled to speak at the conference today and will meet with President Obama on Tuesday. News agency France 24 is reporting that Google has ended censorship of its Chinese language search engine. Visitors are being redirected to the uncensored Hong Kong site, defying the Chinese government's demands. Google chief legal officer David Drummond said in a blog post that the company will continue to research, will continue research and development work in China, but its presence will be linked to the ability of Chinese users to access the site. This announcement comes after roughly t- or comes roughly t- two months after Google attributed a series of sophisticated cyber attacks to Chinese sources. The Vatican has yet again been caught with its pants down, although the Pope has this time chosen to reposition the flowing velvet vestments over the church's exposed posterior. In an unusual letter to the people of Ireland and to the thousands of victims of sexual abuse at the hands of Catholic Church officials, Benedict personally apologized for, quote, grave errors of judgment, end quote, that prevented evidence of numerous cases of child abuse from being brought forward. The Pope did not mention the possibility of sanctions against the members of the clergy accused of sexually abusing children, according to the BBC. And in entertainment, sources close to Conan O'Brien say that, surprise, surprise, the late-night host is close to inking a deal for a show with the Fox network. Because the conditions of his departure from NBC prohibit television appearances before May 1st, O'Brien is unable to participate in a special episode of American Idol called, quote, Idol Gives Back. 
In his downtime, O'Brien and his crew from the old Tonight Show will launch a 30-day, 30-city comedy stage show called the, quote, Legally Prohibited from Being Funny on Television Tour. On this day in 1871, in North Carolina, William Woods Holden became the first sitting governor of a U.S. state to be removed from office by impeachment. In 1945, the Arab League was founded in Cairo, Egypt. And in 1984, teachers at the McMartin Preschool in California were charged with satanic ritual abuse of the children in the school. The charges were completely unfounded and later dropped. Birthday shout-outs today go to lesbian activist Pat Robertson, who turns 80. Other birthdays today, William Shatner, CNN's Wolf Blitzer, the English composer Andrew Lloyd Webber, and Bob Costas, the face of Olympic coverage on NBC. Have you made your sacrifice today? It's the fourth day of Quinquatria, held in honor of the goddess Minerva. In ancient Roman times, the second th- through fifth days of the festival would normally call for gladiatorial contests. I'm pretty sure we got enough of that during the healthcare debate. In weather, though not as spectacular as this past weekend, the spring-like weather will continue for the foreseeable future. A large area of low pressure currently over West Virginia will spin to the northeast tonight and tomorrow, but allow for some on-and-off gloom. Some sprinkles are possible overnight, in fact, right now, and into tomorrow morning, but they will be very light and scattered in nature. Otherwise, tonight and tomorrow will be variably cloudy. The low tomorrow morning, a chilly 40 degrees, turning into an afternoon high in the lower 60s. That system will retreat for Wednesday, allowing for sunny skies to return and temperatures to rebound into the lower 70s again. It's mostly the same story for Thursday, if not a little cooler. Friday once again brings the possibility of rain showers and cooler temperatures as we head into the weekend. Pollen levels are currently in the medium to high range, according to Pollen.com, and that will increase to the high level on Wednesday. The worst offenders right now are oak, juniper, and maple trees. Right now it's 52 with light rain and mostly cloudy skies at RDU Airport. The time is 7.09. Stay tuned for more of the best hits of the 80s, 90s, and Fergies right here on 88.1 WKNC. From the sidelines on Eye on the Triangle. Your weekly update on athletic events. You're listening to Eye on the Triangle on WKNC 88.1. Tyler, tell us about the uh, men's season finish-up. Um, they finished up strong. The very last game of the season, not so much. They lost big to um, wow, lost big to UAB in the second round of the NA. And in second round of the NIT after beating um, South Florida 58-57, a last-minute thriller for Wolfpack fans. Not that you call too many NIT first-round games a thriller, but the way they won certainly was exciting. Uh, down one with about a two or three seconds left. Uh, inbounds play the ball was almost a loose ball. Scott Wood tracked it down near half court. Thought he was going to have to throw up a prayer from about 40 feet, but found Richard Howell under the goal. Made a great pass. Howell laid it in and... Pack held on for the win to advance to the second round game where uh, didn't do so hot against um, UAB, struggled from the start, never really was a competitive game. It was a pretty disappointing way to see uh, the careers of Farnold again and Dennis Horner end. But the, uh, even with that loss, the Pack won six of its last eight after losing seven straight in ACC play. Certainly impressive that they kept fighting, and not only did they play okay down the stretch, they played real well. Um, also, during the early part of spring break, Made a little bit of a run in the ACC tournament, beat both Clemson and Florida State, and then fell to Georgia Tech in the semifinals. Another really close loss to Georgia Tech. Came down to the last minute, had a chance to tie it or take the lead. I can't remember which. 
but the uh, shots fell short and the pack fell in the semifinals of the ACC tournament, but certainly weren't expected to be there, and therefore I'd call the trip to Greensboro a success considering they were the 11th seed and made it, made it that far. Okay, what about the women's team? Uh, the women's team are also done. Um, they finished up their season last night. They also made a good run in the ACC tournament, made it all the way to the finals before falling. And then last night, their uh, first round, they made it to the NCAA tournament, which is always a positive. They were the ninth seed, played eighth seed at UCLA, and they were beaten pretty badly. I didn't see that game, but I know they were down 21 with uh, about four minutes left. I know. UCLA made a big run late first half, early second, and that game I don't believe was real close at for much of the second half. Final score was a 20-point loss, but um, a 21 a 20 win season for both the men's and the women's. The men's team finished 20 and 16. Um, the women's team finished 20 and 14 in um, Harper's first year as coach. So that's got to be encouraging and always good to see a team in the tournament, even even though it didn't go the way Pack fans would have wanted it to. Okay, and what kind of news can we expect about basketball for the rest of the season or for next season, I guess? Um, two recruits have already signed and appear about as set in stone as they could be. Being a state fan, you never know what kind of bad stuff might happen there. But um, Harrow, Ryan Harrow and uh, Lorenzo Brown are still set to come to Raleigh. But Luke Cothran, a third player, another real highly touted recruit, a top 100 guy, a forward decommitted he may recommit um if you ask me i don't see it happening just because people don't decommit this late only to recommit but we did uh the pack did lose the commitment of of luke cothran a, a power forward or potentially a small forward prospect so certainly going to hurt but um more depth in the front court and the back court so the uh the loss of uh cothran is is more the team will absorb it better than they would have had uh harrow or brown said they weren't coming so switching gears there has been some kind of unfortunate development with the football team's defensive line. What happened there? Uh, it certainly has. All the details are not out, so it's certainly um, necessary to be careful about this. But J.R. Sweezy is a defensive tackle who played a lot down the stretch last season, didn't start, but was a key backup and was listed as a starter on the spring depth chart. He uh, was charged with assault and with larceny after an incident back home in Mooresville um, involving a bus driver. He apparently was accused of punching the bus driver in the face multiple times. The bus driver was a 64-year-old man, and Sweezy weighs nearly 300 pounds, so it's not looking good for him. He's been suspended indefinitely. I'm sure O'Brien and the Wolfpack coaching staff are waiting to hear the details before they jump to a rational conclusion. Um, already two different stories have come out about that. One was saying he just hit the bus driver and then took the tip jar and left. That's where the larceny came from. And then another story... Uh, some of it a conflicting story came out saying that the bus driver and another man it wasn't clear what the man's role was but the bus driver and another man told Sweezy to leave and then approached him after he left and that's when he um, reportedly assaulted the bus driver so certainly need to wait and see on what exactly happened there but uh, an unfortunate development is probably the safest way to call it at this point well uh, we'll keep you guys updated on that story how about baseball? How did they do against Wake Forest? Uh, spring break got off to a rough start for the baseball team. They were swept by Clemson, a, a top 10 or a top 12 team in the nation, but they bounced back. They took two of three from Wake Forest with the last game being yesterday. Uh, first game of that series, they won 17-6, to so a huge win there, and then beat the Deacons again Saturday, 5-3. to Corey Mazzoni, the sophomore starting pitcher, got the win there. It was a 5-3 win. 
and they nearly completed the sweep Sunday afternoon, but they fell 4-3 to three in extra innings. Baseball is still off to a pretty good start, 14-6 and six overall. They're now 2-4 and four in the ACC after losing to Clemson all three games, but nonetheless a pretty good start to be sitting at 14-6. All right, thanks, 14-6. Tyler. Now we'll move on to Evan's editorial. Nothing's gonna get me down Viewpoint on Eye on the Triangle. Evan's opinions on the latest news. The views in this editorial do not necessarily reflect the views of WKNC, Student Media, or NCSU. This week's editorial comes in the form of a special commentary sent to me by a good friend, social activist, and former U.S. Senate candidate Jim Neal. It's entitled The Flip Side of the HCR Coin. Progressives, stop a moment. Take a breath and think of what you believe to be the key provisions of health care reform in last August. Remember how the debate degenerated from the single-payer system to the public option to the national health care exchanges, importing low-cost prescription drugs, bending the cost curve? That's largely all fallen by the wayside. Set aside all the partisan spin and consider some of the realities that healthcare ref- of the health care reform bill that just passed. Firstly, 12 million illegal immigrants in the U.S. will not be able to purchase any sort of health care insurance vis-a-vis the new access options set forth in the legislation. As a nation, do we really want 12 million people living in our midst with no health insurance? Do we want 12 million people having no option for treatment but the ER, where the vast majority of them will be treated pursuant to charity care? Aside from the moral and social justice issues which organizations like the North Carolina Justice Center champion is denying the ability to buy health insurance good public health policy, in NC we allow illegal immigrants to attend community colleges if they pay out-of-state tuition, while Washington's health care bill will toss them under the bus as if they don't exist. They do, and they're not going anywhere. Secondly, and watch closely, a group of holdout pro-life Democratic representatives negotiated a deal to swap a yes vote for legislation subject to receiving a guarantee from congressional leaders and the administration that the Senate will pass stupac amendment-like legislation prohibiting reimbursement for abortions from any of the insurance providers associated with the various new HCR insurance vehicles. If you favor a woman's right to choose, then don't hold your breath. Those rights were thrown under the bus along with 12 million Hispanics. Thirdly, despite all the new caps and relaxed coverage with respect to access to health care, the cost or total expenditures on health care will not decrease. Being treated for a pre-existing condition or benefiting from an arbitrary restriction on premiums has absolutely no relation to the cost of those premiums. A person is no better off having insurance if they are paying more for their health care. The systemic costs in our bloated health care system in America aren't disappearing, and the HCR legislation does not address cost containment other than to the extent of a rounding error. Increasing access while ignoring cost is not a zero-sum game. Fourthly, those heralded insurance exchanges. These are state exchanges, not a national exchange. Dr. Sanjay Gupta on CNN described the state exchanges as providing a menu of coverage choices. In North Carolina, that menu is going to be a meager one. Blue Cross Blue Shield for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. North Carolinians cannot buy health insurance in a truly competitive fashion from a health care insurer outside North Carolina. Further, lest one might think that a cozy provision that smacks of monopolistic competitive behavior, health insurance companies are exempt from antitrust laws. Completely exempt. Fifthly, deficit hawks inspired by this week's CBO report showing the deficit falling note that CBO 
projections are not and never have been predictions of future budgetary outcomes. Most folks have no idea that when politicians laud CBO projections as sacred, they misrepresent the function of that nonpartisan body to contrast different budget proposals against an anything but predictive baseline budget. Remember when President Bush was predicting the budget surpluses based upon CBO calculations? Lastly, who are the winners and losers in this debate? For sure, the health insurance industry and the pharmaceutical lobby, which is running ads in favor of passage of the proposed legislation. Healthcare insurance stocks have been rallying all week. That's right. They've been going up as the odds shift in favor of the passage of a bill, which the president heralded as a counterpunch to the profits of the industry. It's been a superlative week, a superlative year, actually, for any investor owning health insurance stocks. I know a fellow who earned a 4,500% annualized return this week alone from taking an investment position consistent with the notion that health insurers were big winners. He was right. This HCR legislation certainly isn't a whole loaf or a half loaf. It's more of a let-them-eat-cake legislative variety. Many so-called progressives are supportive because they are clinging to the hope that that once this legislation is in place, Washington will slowly be able to transform a sow's ear into a silk purse. And others of us didn't vote for a Congress and an administration that can deliver no better than a sow's year. This is for my people who want to take it to a whole nother level that they ain't never been to before. I said this is for my people who held me on their backs for so long. Everything I do is for my people. Let's celebrate the beauty of our people. The views in this editorial do not necessarily reflect the views of WKNC, student media, or NCSU. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eye on the Triangle on WKNC 88.1. Unlike the sweeper just told you, we don't actually have another editorial coming up. Um, Stay tuned. And after the break, we will go into our VIP segment for the week. This week's EOT is shortened quite a bit. So stay tuned to find out why. You're listening to Eye on the Triangle on WKNC 88.1. Eye on the Triangle's VIP. Talking to people that matter. On the triangle and WKNC 88.1. So like we told you guys earlier, this week's episode is a little bit shortened. Um, we have a lot of events coming up this week, which we will definitely go into in a little bit. But first off for our VIP segment, we're going to talk about Sunshine Week. And in the studio with us today are two of the Society for Collegiate Journalists NC State Chapters members to talk to us about the Sunshine Week activities they have planned. If you guys want to introduce yourselves and then let us know what Sunshine Week is. Sure. Um, I'm DJ Mayday, and I'm lovely Lucia. And Sunshine Week is um, kind of a little celebration of free speech and First Amendment rights we do on college uh, campuses. Um, we focus more on FOIA. Want to explain what that is? It's really freedom of information, um, allowing all citizens access to government files and records. That was very well memorized. <laughs> very good. Um, so why is this important? It's important because, you know, we, we're we students on a big campus, and it's really hard to get word out there about current events or anything that's going on. And without newspapers or without radio station, without, you know, Iron on Triangle, how would we be able to, like, you know, get the word out there and just, like, broadcast journalism? Letting um, people get more involved in their community governments and really being a part of um, each government on every level. Okay. And so what is NC State's SCJ planning for this week? Well, tomorrow night, 
I think we're painting the Freedom Expression Tunnel. Very cool. Yeah. Do you know what you're painting? No. <laughs> All right, so be on the lookout for that. We're also uh, doing some PSAs here on 88.1 and um, some uh, house ads for the Technician newspaper and some front page ads. I think, um, aren't we, like, blasting, like, newspaper, front page newspapers from, like, back in the day, the technician? That kind of used, you know, FOIA requests yeah. and that type of thing? Yeah. Okay, very cool. Interesting. Um, so, you talked a little bit about freedom of information and, you know, why it's important to get the word out. What, what kinds of things are available for people to find out about these, you know, public record requests? I think you can find out about, like, um people's emails am i right yeah i guess people's emails and you know i mean not necessarily everybody's yeah. emails but pretty people. much what the government's doing and what um everyone wants to find out that they're not really given in daily media okay and i guess sunshine week was last week is that correct or is it kind of yes yeah, so it was last week, week. Okay. we were in spring but break last so we're, spring we're celebrating break. this week <laughs> okay. belated very cool so People should just kind of check out things in the brickyard, the free expression mm -hmm. tunnel, anywhere else. Just be informed. Look around you. Make sure you know what's going on in the world. Okay. And I know SCJ is actually passing out some surveys about technician this week, um, which kind of goes into another thing we wanted to tell our listeners about. If you go to safetechnician.com, you can find out more information. But basically, the student newspaper is in a little bit of trouble and... We're trying to get public feedback about what we can do to improve it. So if you're out in the brickyard, make sure to stop by the SCJ booths and fill out a survey um, or go to the website and fill out the ideas page this week. Anything else? No, I'm good. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Next up is actually we're done for the show for today, but um, we also wanted to talk about our debate. I and the Triangle WKNC and all of student media is hosting a student body elections debate this week, this Thursday uh, at 7.30 in the Tally Ballroom. You can ask the candidates questions about, you know, what they're planning to do. I think there are seven student body president candidates, uh, two student senate and two student body treasurer. Um, if you have any questions that you'd like to ask, email publicaffairs at WKNC.org by Wednesday at 5 and we'll make sure to ask the candidates those questions, but make sure to come on by.